Welcome to the No Film School podcast. This is Gigi Hawkins, and I am speaking to you from the mountains of Park City. Yes, we are here. We are continuing our Sundance coverage, and I'm excited to bring you an interview with the team behind the new film, Layla, which opened the Sundance Festival on Main Street, playing at the Egyptian Theater. Layla is the story of a London drag queen who vacillates between these identities and specifically starts to code switch based off of this person that they are starting to have feelings for. It also flows into sort of mix of genres, which Amory will speak to. But honestly, the thing that really stuck with me within the film was this undeniable chemistry between the the main character, Layla, and the character of Max. It really was so, so powerful and so great to see them on screen. The film is written and directed by Amru Al-Qadi. It also stars Bilal Hasna and Louis Gray-Turex. And I was able to see this film, as I speak to in our interview, a few weeks before the festival came out, maybe like a week. And it was one of those movies that you watched and you could not wait to talk with others about. But however... I was not able to do that. So I was very excited to speak with this team. I've been um, following Amru's work for a while now, and this is just a beautiful directorial debut for them. However, they have this extensive background in performing, in writing for television, and working as an actor. So what stood out to me in this conversation, specifically with the actors joining us as well, is the work that they did to get to the point where the chemistry between these two characters was just so compelling. I genuinely believe we're about to launch this new iconic duo with this film. And particularly Amru's ability to direct in a way that goes against what may be an actor's first instinct or what may be even a writer's first instinct. So. Through this conversation, I hope you pay attention to how they talk about that director-actor relationship. I think this is a great listen if you're looking to become more of an actor's director or just get a refresher on how you can better support the talent that is leading your projects. So here's my conversation with Amru, Bilal, and Louie. Welcome to the No Film School podcast. Congratulations on the film. Thank you. Uh, you opened the festival last night, which is incredible. So let's just go around and do quick introductions at your role on the film. Uh, hi, I'm Amru Al-Qadi, uh, they, them pronouns, and I'm the writer director of Layla. Hi, I'm Bilal Hasna, and I play Layla. I'm Louis Greatrex, and I play Max. How does it feel to be here after it is now out in the world? after? creating this film and it being such a journey. Yeah, it's really obviously a joy and it's quite intense just because it's obviously coming out into the world as if it's a new film. But I started writing it when I was 27, (laughs) 2018. And obviously we shot it in 2022. And so just like, it's just been like a really long labor. (laughs) 
like being pregnant for six years. <laughs> so it's weird that it's people are responding to it like a new piece of work when it's been incubating for so mm-hmm. long. Mm-hmm. Wow. How about you? It's, it's totally surreal. I can't believe this is like my first film and the goal, you know, the dream of dreams was always to premiere at Sundance and to have had the premiere yesterday. It's like one of the first f- films to open the festival at the Egyptian theater as well, which is like obviously such a prestigious institution. It's just, yeah, it's mad. Some of my favorite films have premiered here, so it's kind of mad to be part of that history. So yeah, I feel very lucky. It is definitely very surreal, but it also, it's quite, I didn't realize how much of a vulnerable experience this would be, do you know? Because suddenly mm-hmm. you're, you're, everyone is seeing what you've made. Mm-hmm. And up until now, it's just been a little thing that we've all sort of done together and, and had fun making. Now it's, it's out there. And you're terrified what people are going to say, but everyone said really lovely things so far, so yeah, can't complain. Is it is it relief, or do you still feel like you're in that falling limbo? I'm not relieved as such. I mean, obviously, there's the like pressure of having to sell it. You know, there's like it feels like you know you do convince financiers to take a chance on you, mm-hmm. and you know I always feel like I'm duty bound to help them. You know, have faith in me. And you're always worried about your next thing as well. We always felt like Layla, outside of like sales or commercial, was like it's a really audience-facing film. Like, and I've always cared much more about just like audience reactions. I think it's because I do drag and I love just performing. And the reaction in the room was so electric. And I kind of want it. That's why Sundance is such a perfect home, I think, Mm -hmm. because it's about audience. You know, you give a shit about everything else, to be honest. Yeah. yeah, it was amazing to watch the film yesterday. Like we've, Louis and I have watched the film now. It was our fourth time watching it, which is as an actor quite a, maybe <laughs> maybe three too many times to watch yourself <laughs> actually on screen. And you know you do begin to nitpick, but actually, last night was my favorite time watching it. I felt like we were watching it for the first time because it was the first time we were watching it with people who had never seen it before, who had nothing to do with it. And as Amru said, it was the reception was just like better than we could have ever hoped for. It was so yeah, it was so magical. And, and you also find yourself responding to moments that you've previously overlooked, you, uh, the moments yeah, that you ne- yeah, yeah, never yeah. thought would land in the way that they do. And yeah, then it, yeah, yeah. Oh, suddenly you go, oh, wow. And you yeah. feel like you're seeing it for the first time for sure. again, yeah. just through the eyes of everyone else. Yeah. Well, this, this audience in particular was probably one of the first audiences to see it fresh, like le- not involved in the production, not friends or family. Yeah, absolutely. What were some of the unexpected reactions that, or feelings that you felt in the theater experiencing them watching it? That's a good question. I mean, obviously don't want to give any plot points or anything away, but like, I think obviously the film doesn't surprise me anymore because I know it so well. And Layla as a character is really fluid and changes their identity throughout the film. And the film tonally tries to replicate that by switching from you know comedy to drama to rom-com to family you know the film jumps around a lot on purpose and i definitely felt the audience's surprise of oh now we're like really laughing really hard or now we're you know there are some sequences where the film undercuts where you think you were hopefully that was the intention um and you could hear some gasps in the room or just sort of, oh, I really wasn't expecting Layla to go there now. Mm-hmm. And so just feeling, because I'm just like, oh, this scene is boring. I want to move on. But I know it really, really well. And actually mm-hmm. just feeling the audience be shocked was quite fun. There, there is a moment in the film where 
we see a new phase of Layla. Mm -hmm. And the sad part about being on the press side is sometimes we watch screeners alone and we don't get to Mm -hmm. experience the electricity in the room. But then you get to have that visceral reaction alone. And like the gasp was there. Like there's one particular moment where I, I felt I felt this change and I had this like reaction and felt sad. But then we were in a rom-com and I was like, oh, this is like such an homage to like London and mm-hmm. British rom-coms. And I'd love to hear a little bit about the discovery of the film process. Before you made this film, you teamed up with your producer and you made four short films, three in one year, mm-hmm. which is a marathon. Mm-hmm. What in that process informed this film in particular? Yeah. I mean, I'd already been a writer for a while just for like my own drag shows and I'd written on a soap opera called Hollyoaks and had written a lot of TV already. So I felt quite confident as a writer. And so the shorts are quite different to Layla. I mean, I think shorts are more like poems, whereas like films are more like novels. And so my shorts are quite experimental, but they were really used to figure out what my visual language was as a director. I'd already felt quite confident as a writer and knew sort of what I wanted to say. So I definitely used the short filmmaking process to A, learn about like what it's like to be on set and to have to make decisions and that kind of stuff. But yeah, I think this cinematic language of Layla is really built. And I've worked with the same DOP for every single short as well, bar one. So I, and the same editor. And so the the years of making the shorts together were us just trying to figure out like what our visual language is. So by the time we got to Layla, we had a real shorthand. And Layla has quite a, I think, quite a big production style mm-hmm. and quite ambitious visual language, which is hard on a first feature. But because I'd worked with them for so long, we had a shorthand that I think if it had been a new DOP or a new editor, the the visual would... So So yeah... The grammar that I learned visually was from just making those shorts. Now, you are a performer. You've acted as well. You, I feel like you do it all. I'd love to hear about your experience, the three of you, working with a director who has all this performance experience, this acting experience, and what it was like to discover your characters through that and work together through that. I think that's what makes them such a good director because you knew the right things to say to an actor because you've been there yourself. Yeah. yeah you, you, you agree? Yeah, there was, there, there was a sort of short, I feel like a shorthand developed between the three of us on set, which meant that we could sort of circumvent any long explanations because we knew that Amru yeah. knew what it was like to be not only a drag performer, but an actor as well on screen specifically, which I think has its own kind of language of note giving and note taking. Yeah. And I think it meant that under what was quite a you know, in extremely busy schedule. We had to do, you know, 27 locations, 27 days. We were able to, I think, in part, thanks to the fact that you are an actor, like get quickly to the point and so yeah. that we can like begin to sharpen things much quicker. Mm-hmm. And I think it allowed me personally to like actually like push myself and add different kind of colors to a performance in a way that with other directors, maybe it was, it's not, you can't get there as quickly because you have to sort of find yeah. Uh, you know, a way of speaking about yeah, performing, yeah, yeah. if that makes sense. So I mean, it was really helpful. They're both incredible actors. So <laughs> like my job wasn't that hard. But you were fearless with giving notes as well. You wouldn't sort of, you know, camouflage what you were saying, whether it's something like, you know, you're signposting, you know, showing showing what we're doing too much or whatever. You're just straight there and rather than beating about the bush. And I think that really helped. 
some actors probably respond differently to that. I mean, what we did was also we had like a week of rehearsals, just the three of us in a room, making all the mistakes and figuring out the chemistry so that by the time we got onto set, we already sort of knew what we were trying to achieve. So obviously stuff happened on set that was new and surprising, but we really laid the foundation so that by the time we were on set, it was like we knew what they were doing. I think the difference, you know, with actors and directors is I think actors want to give everything at every moment mm-hmm. in every scene. They want to give all of themselves, not you specifically, but I, I find when I work with actors, you know, they treat every scene like the only scene in the movie mm-hmm. <laughs> just because they want to do really, really well. But as a director, you kind of know exactly where they start and where they end. And and performances that I find tricky in movies are when they start where they end or where they're just giving it from the beginning. And the best actors, I think, hold back in some scenes. And I think there, there, there were moments where it was like, obviously, also you know the end of the film as the actor, so you kind of already know your full character. And there mm-hmm. were some scenes where it was like, Layla's not there yet, or Max actually isn't there yet. Mm-hmm. Or, so actually encouraging them to not give it all. And some actors get quite frustrated with that because they're like, no, I want to do that. Right. They really got that. I'd love to like drill into a specific scene or moment. I think it's so helpful for our listeners who a lot of them are switching into a new role. So they may have experience in acting or they may be new to filmmaking, but um, a specific moment where you had to either sort of course correct to get these the performances in the right space where they are in the story and like how you got there. And perhaps it was through the shorthand, but like a particular moment that stands out to you. For me, the scene that really stood out to me, I don't, without giving away too much of the movie, Layla and Max have had a break because Max has disappeared for a bit. And then Layla finds Max again in a new identity. And in that scene... Layla is completely camouflaging everything that they're feeling. And Max is also feeling things that he can't express. And it's a very mundane conversation that they have. You know, it's basically, hey, how are you? I'm good, you know? And that scene, it's really hard to get actors to lie on the screen. (laughs) It's really, and that was actually during the audition process. We were quite actually worried during the first set of tapes that we got because everyone was telegraphing their emotions. And the whole point of Layla is that no one's really saying what they feel and they're disguising what they feel in order to make a relationship work. And they're also literally hiding things about their life to everyone. And yeah, so that was one scene where it was like, it's, that's why they're so good, both of them, because they both are good at lying on camera. That's the scene that I gasped. That was the like audible alone in the apartment. Yeah shaking the room really yes yeah uh, yeah but it's actually quite a mundane scene in a way and which is why it's so powerful you know it, there were m- multiple occasions where we would be rehearsing a scene and often amri would encourage us to play against lines as mm. well i remember that was like a big thing and actually yeah yeah it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was amazing because i come from more of a tv background where you don't necessarily get as much time to really get into scenes or get into the script and actually 
to treat a scene almost like a poem, like one page or two pages. And it's like, okay, what can we do with this line? How can we play against it? What is the new meaning that is unlocked there? And so often in the relationship between Louis and Max, and between, not Louis and Max, between Layla and Max, <laughs> they are never really saying what they feel. You know, one of the big problems in their relationship is a lack of communication. And I remember like, you know, so many moments where Amru would say, what happens if you just push this and play against this? What if you put this attention on this line? Don't say what you mean actually say something totally different. And that would actually unlock often the script and the scene. There's a moment in the in their sort of quote unquote meet cue in the after the, not to give too much away, but the, at, after the corporate pride performance, where it's it becomes clear that they that Max is not gonna go and hang out with Layla and they have the line too bad. And instead of performing that sincerely, Amru encouraged me to play against the line. And actually that unlocked so much because in that moment, you can see Layla using that sort of armory of campness to try and protect themselves over actually a feeling of total rejection. Mm. And that was like quite a, quite an important yeah. tool. Playing against the, like, the text was something that like I encourage more actors to do yeah. because no one ever really says what they feel, I think. Yeah, yeah for There's sure. like one scene where... And again, this is actually a scene I think that came in one of the tape rounds. I don't know if he actually did it, where it's Max and Layla are about to get together for the first time. It's been like a long night and it's like, will they kiss? And yeah, and Layla really obviously wants it. And Max does too, but Layla can't tell if Max wants it. And so Layla just starts talking about how this nightclub is like an orphanage for all of them. Mm. And I think the first take, you did that line quite sincerely. And I was like, actually, you just want to get dick. Yeah. yeah. So you're and just, it's a feeling of rejection. Yeah, yeah. So you're just yeah. using those words to, to talk, but you don't care. Yeah. Mm. Um, Move this along, basically. Yeah, you're yeah. moving it along. And that's one of my favorite lines in the film because it's like, they don't care about that right now. Right, right. Mm. What there's, about also, there's also this scene where I'm asking about pronouns, you know, on the bed. Mm. And I, I came into that, I think we did that in the rehearsal process. I came into that treating it like an interrogation. Yeah, you know, asking you the questions, and you were like, "No, no, 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 no! It's it's way lighter than that. Yeah. It's uh, it's yeah. all like every question, every line was this is not a serious discussion. This yeah. isn't sincere. This yeah. is you know like forcing smiles in a way. Absolutely, and absolutely yeah. the way to play it. If we hadn't had that rehearsal, I don't know if it would have been the same. Mm. Yeah, I would encourage directors to put, like put budget in for rehearsals over production design or whatever. I mean, we definitely sacrificed some sort of flashy tricks to have a week of rehearsals. I think with a film like so this, you can cool. have the most incredible cinematography or whatever, but if you don't buy the chemistry, who cares? Yeah. The chemistry is undeniable. And I think that Layla and Max are going to be this iconic duo in our <laughs> culture. Oh. It's And I would love to hear about the casting process because you did not write this film with Bilal in mind, though it's hard to believe that because you bring Layla to life in such a powerful way. Thank you. How how was it? How was it finding and and creating this this world of people that became so real? Well, I mean, originally, because I was really much younger when I pitched it, like film four were talking about me playing Layla. And by the time it got greenlit, I was ancient. <laughs> and it's a film about young love. So that was not even a possibility anymore. But actually, I don't, I personally can't direct and act at the same time. I know there are some really talented people who can do that. I just can't. I've tried it. I just don't know what I'm doing. It um, feels like a lot. Yeah. Well, I just have such different heads when yeah. I'm doing it. But we, I mean, it was, we, we have amazing cast and director called Shaheen Baig, mm-hmm. went on a hunt. 
we were brought, you know, real life Arab drag queens, actors, amazing people. I think in the first cycle of tapes and auditions before we met Bilal, we got a lot of great drag queens who played the role like a drag queen, which is so much part of Layla's character. But I think the trick of the film is that you meet Layla as a drag queen and you think that they're this like really sassy, uncompromising, fearless person. And they are on stage. And that's how often I've felt about my drag. Like on stage, I'm like this, but actually off stage, I'm very, very anxious. But a lot of people couldn't then translate the character out of drag. So a lot of the scenes with Max would be quite sassy and quite, and actually I think the contradiction of the film and maybe something that people might not get when they watch it, I don't know, is like, wait, you're really, I mean, you you know, the performance they do near the beginning of the film is completely outrageous. And then they're really shy afterwards. Yeah, And I think some people, even in script stage, had trouble understanding the character. Mm. And that was, we got pushed back a little bit on that. But Bilal was able to embody both elements really, really well. And it's just obviously extraordinarily gifted. Did you cast different ages? Like no, we kept it under 25. Okay. Right? And, then, and then once we, we thought we, you know, we'd had Bilal and, and some other people, but we knew we kind of wanted to go with Bilal, we started looking for, for, for Max. Um, looking for Louis. <laughs> for Louis. But, you know, Louis was not brought to me initially. I was brought quite a series of, I mean... There are not a shortage of white male actors out there. So I got hundreds of tapes rather than like 20. And the initial round were more jockey, like more what you would think like a masked cis guy is. And when I saw those tapes, I was a little bit worried. I thought this film is going to be quite simple because you've got this like Mm. amazing drag queen dating like a bro and then it's doomed, you know, because then it's just like, what everyone's an archetype. Right, right. So then, that's how I read it when you when the script came yeah. through. I, in my head, I thought I love this, but I'm not that. a big jock. Yeah, and I think that's how I initially started writing when I was 28. But then I, and then the next round of tapes came in, and then we saw Louis' tape, and that was incredible. Um, well, because Max is also, I think, really likable. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Which is why it's such a dynamic and mm. nuanced experience to watch this relationship and watch the like many layers that need to be peeled mm. back. Yes. And yeah, I think absolutely. it would be very easy to to go with like that first instinct maybe, but I don't know, I think there was something really special that also let us be with all, each character and feel with them even when they weren't operating in the way that yeah. like was best for mm, yeah. their partner. I think you need to want the relationship to work yeah. to, to want to stay for yeah. an hour and a half. Totally. There are a lot of doomed relationship movies that I think are really good, but they're over before they start. Yeah, absolutely. And then we had a chemistry read yes. and that was oh, incredible. Yeah, the chemistry read. So how did you run that? I was in LA, so I did it on Zoom. Okay. Amir was on a laptop on a table, on a table <laughs> in the middle of a, a basement headless. in Tottenham Court Road. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and Louis came in and, and, and we did the chemistry. Savannah, the producer, was there. Shaheen, the casting director, was there. Connor, Shaheen's assistant, was there as well. And we did the scenes for Amru and Amru provided notes via Zoom, basically. And, and Paul Bilal, we'd already cast Bilal and then had about four maxes. Yeah. So it was basically like, 
Bilal was an escort just dealing with four clients in a <laughs> row. Them in, yeah. Yeah. Them we had to do that. And one of the scenes we had to do was the break, like the not like the sort of yeah, the, the emotional climax of the you film. Felt yeah. it didn't went, you thought it went badly, didn't you? Well, I was sort of knocked off my feet by Bilal. I, I'd psyched myself up for this chemistry read. I thought, you know, I I'm I've got something here. I, I think they like what I'm doing. And then we did the first scene, and I remember in my head thinking, "They're never going to cast me. I, I'm not. I, I I'm not believe, on a par I, I've with this. I've heard this before that. from you. I just cannot believe this. Like, and then also, I felt like this every single. Can I just say, I felt like this every single day on set. Like, just in terms of Louis' approach to this character, like every single scene we did, I was won over by Max as a character, and oh. I had to always like make sure that I was in Layla's head and not in Bilal's <laughs> head and I think that was to do and it all started in the chemistry like I just I did, Louis was able just to strike this total incredible balance between on the one hand like you know doing justice to the ways in which Max does like manipulate whether they know it whether he knows it or not like Layla's feelings and Layla's expression but on the other hand just like a genuine curiosity about this person that they've never met before from this world that there is so foreign to them and he did yeah you just did that so beautifully every time yeah, actually, so it surprises me. <laughs> you, you have to be totally on your coach's side, obviously. Yeah. That, that, that's how it works. So when we were filming it, I, every decision that Max made, it was totally justified. Never for a second thought. Obviously, we were aware of the moments where it's like, oh, maybe this is a bit yeah. dodgy. But it's only when you see it back on screen that you go, whoa. So that's why that was wrong. Because you don't fully yeah. see that. Actually, funnily enough, what you just said about Louis, our editor had to have a word with me during the editing process of not falling in love with Max too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just in terms of coverage and who we cut to, because Louis is so charismatic yeah. and so likable, but wow. it's Layla's film and you have to experience Max through Layla. And there's a lot of scenes in the initial where there was more coverage of Max, mm. not in a not in a like who's better performance way but you just to like, like fall in love with him yeah, yeah. yeah. it was just like you fall in love with Max and actually we had to restrain that a little bit but that's what's so great about the film is that it feels like you are seeing everything through Layla's experience I hope so I think I mean, that's Layla through the edit you were well. in every day right? mm, yeah. yeah 27 days twenty seven days 20 I was in the characters in every scene in the film apart from Two shots, <laughs> but there, there was an earlier draft of the script where, where we had was, all of Max's life. Yeah, it sort of followed oh. Max as well, and I think it's totally the right yeah. decision to not. We cut that. That would have been a <laughs> yeah. different movie. It would have been. We Layla didn't shoot those. Uh, just to clarify. Well, it's funny with queer work because people want it all, and like you know, I'll have conversations where people will be like, "I want to know more about Max's life. I want to know more about the family. I want to know more about." And you just start to realize that there's so much limited queer work that everyone thinks that this film. Mm should deliver on every like every aspect. aspect of queer life. And actually it's just like a character study of Layla right. and their world yeah. and their experience. Like I can't do it all in this low budget one and a half yeah. hour movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think that just means you have to make more movies. Well, I hope they let me. They they better. Yeah. Well, I have, I'm so excited for the film. I'm so excited for it to be out in the world. I think everyone is going to fall in love with Layla and Max. And as we wrap up here, We always like to sign off with advice that you all have for emerging filmmakers, people who are just getting their start. And so what advice do you have? We'll start with Louis. For filmmakers as in directors, writers? Directors, people who want to be in front of the camera. I think we're all filmmakers. I feel feel like you've got to know what you can 
offer. You've got to be confident in your own ability because if you go into a room doubting what you can do, I realize now this is incredibly ironic that I'm saying this after I've just said <laughs> I came in and I was, I was doubting. But you, you, if you don't have faith in yourself, I think that comes across. And I think that's a bit of a turnoff for p- people that have the power to you know, make your work happen. Yeah, that's good. Um, me. Well, I think film is like a team sport, which is what's so great about the medium. And I used my shorts to find collaborators that I wanted to work with forever. I think it's really important that you find a producer. Mine happens to be my best friend who gets your work completely and who you completely trust because they really become like your therapist, your lawyer, your creative protector. I can't imagine doing it without without a producer who I couldn't cry to. Or So find a producer you really, really like. And then also HODs that you want to work with forever. Because really, it's a family that you're building. You're not doing mm-hmm. it on your own. And it can be really hard. So you need to have people around you you really, really trust. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my big advice. I think mine would be, I'm at a time now like in my life where, where I love films and like, my background like has always been like watching TV. Like, I, like that was the way my family bonded. Every night we'd watch EastEnders. And but I didn't know that much about films, to be honest. And I didn't know, like only doing this film did I understand about the festival circuit and how mm. films are bought and sold and distributed and all of this kind of stuff. And I think I, if I could go back and do more things, I'd watch, I would just watch loads more films than I do already. And also know about the sort of the nuts and bolts actually of the business side of it, actually. Like what does it mean to actually sell a film, you know, get a film into a festival, what do the different festivals stand for? And like kind of the things that you don't see that aren't to do with set or writing, but that also aren't to do with watching the film in the cinema, which mean that the, which means that you are watching the film in the end, you know? So I guess, yeah, just like learning, watching more films and also like learning about how they're sold and bought and all of that kind of slightly boring stuff. But I think it's actually really helpful. It's fascinating. It's not, yeah. it's not boring at all. No, I, I think it's so interesting. Like the festival circuit stuff has been like fascinating. It's interesting for you. I have to deal with it like... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, for you, it's like your day, really? day yeah. out. Yeah. I remember harassing you and Savannah like while well, we, we were filming. Playing, it was just constant it was really questions about... Yeah. The, about the process, yeah. you know, that I just didn't was know. one stop away from when, archiving you on my WhatsApp. <laughs> When's this going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> When's this going to happen? The edit yeah. Yeah, yeah. He wanted to be, because Louis is really interested in edits and sound mixes and he really wanted to be in the edit to see, not his scenes, but, but my editor was like, no. Yeah. Just because yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a tight edit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was too much. Yeah. But you, we brought you in to see the Foley. Yeah, you that, was the, that was fantastic. Uh, yeah. I, I've, that's something I've never seen before. And I, I've, like, like Henry said, I edit and have shot my own short films and stuff, but I've never been to a Foley, which was some shed in the middle of the countryside yeah. where you had this wonderful group of people making Make strange noises. Things. And it was, there was this bizarre experience of watching myself eat food on the screen in silence. And then in front of that, a woman, like, shoving burgers in her mouth so to try and make the sound <laughs> that it looks like I was making. That's true movie magic yeah. happening in real time. I know. Oh, well, congratulations, all of thank you. you so this much, is so Gigi. exciting. And I hope you are as excited as I am for the yeah, film to be you. out in the world. It's going to be great. It's going to be a long festival circuit, I have a feeling, and a lot of fighting off people who want to so. buy the film and all these That's, things. Well, well, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for having thank us. You. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you so much, Amru, Bilal, and Louie for joining us and for sharing about your experience. It was so fun to catch you all in the wake of your premiere and congratulations on this film. Thank you so much for listening to the No Film School podcast. You can like, rate, and subscribe to our podcast across all podcast platforms. You can also get more No Film School at nofilmschool.com where we'll continue to have our Sundance coverage on top of our podcast that we'll be releasing here over the next week or so. And you can email us podcast at nofilmschool.com. Finally, you can follow us on social media at nofilmschool. Thank you for listening.